Welcome to Culture Crawl ATX Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr. And this is Donald Scott II. Kamala Harris as, as being chosen as the Black woman for Black America, right, spits in the eye of some people who are, uh, who are not happy with the fact that she was chosen to represent what blackness is in America. Specifically though, as it relates to reparations, right? This conversation around, um, around uh, making right, not reparations from a dollar perspective, but reconciliation for the horrors of not just slavery, not just Jim Crow, but the economic impacts, right? So when we start talking about the civil rights movement, right, and she's brought it up uh, and has made it a, a um, made it a mainstream discussion. But if her parents arrived to come be doctors during the civil rights movement, what does that mean about her heritage and her legacy such that now she's being given to the people whose families were actually fighting in that civil rights movement, that she is supposed to be the representation of blackness. And I think uh, because we're in America, we've absorbed the racism of America such that we can talk about black people as non-white. We can talk about black people as a cultural group. We can talk about black people as being of African descent. We can talk about black people as being um, of, 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 uh, of descendants of slaves, right? So, or descendants of enslaved people, I'll, I'll say that. But when America uses the information, it's weaponized, right? And so I think, um, there's an ongoing discussion, which, which on this other podcast, they said it was an online, they said something like it's an online movement, but that's not actually true about whether or not it's online. But I think though, that we don't have the is in our own social Yeah, I'm losing you, Donald. I'm wondering if, if you have an opinion on it and what it might be, this concept of the, 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 um, the conversation that should be had about specifying when we're talking about a group of people and, and what their uh, legacy is, if, if and how you feel about this concept of the, the um, group of people that are American descendants of slaves or of enslaved people and how that operates inside of a political, social, corporate uh, conversation. So there's a couple things there, Donald, a couple things I'm gonna touch on. So first is yes, definitely have had the conversation in different circles uh, around this concept of blackness and, and what does this really mean? Uh, first, I do want to point out that I, I do not remember the year. However, this idea of being termed black wasn't even uh, created by black people, right? So, you know, we were using words um, and definitions of words that was created predominantly by a white society. So here it is. We're using like, their definitions in order to describe ourselves in context and in conversations. 
but for the sake of the you know the language that we that we're using today there are some distinctions right because black is just anyone that is uh from the african this uh continent now when you think about african americans that you are specifically talking of though the descendants of slavery yes they're also black however those individuals that are from the Caribbean, you know, like, you know, I am Jamaican, you know, so I'm going to shout out to my fellow sister Kamala Harris, you know, Jamaican as well, a Jamaican Indian, you know, specifically. Um, but here it is now, we are also uh, descendants of slavery, but not American slavery. Uh, so that's where when people say people of color, it's like, whoa, time out, you know, black people aren't people of color. Uh, you know, people of color in a sense of terminologies are those that are Hispanic for those um, that are Asian, right? From those that are Middle Eastern, um, are people of color to an extent. They represent the global majority. Um, however, you have Black, you have Indigenous, right? Black, Indigenous, and people of color. So this catch-all terminology of people of color um, or Blackness can be used, but it depends on who exactly are you talking about. And then once we finally agree on who we are actually talking about, is there a better word that we can use other than people of color, right? So. So then that's when we go deeper into language and into context and to who we should be providing assistance to um, or, or, or why we are talking about providing assistance to whatever type of group. Because if we're talking about reparations for descendants of American slavery, then those are African-Americans that are descendants of those that were here knowing slavery, not black individuals that were born in America, right? And, and that's where an African-American and an Asian American and is really doesn't make sense. It should just be an American because it creates more friction in between African Americans that are descendants of slaves and African Americans that are black or being born in America. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say is I'm really curious as to, to what y'all comments would be. Uh, but then the other aspect of it is, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, the other comments of it was overall, what does it mean to be black in America? And do we have to put so much specifications or so much characteristics around being black? And why can't we just accept, you know, over everyone that is from the black community? And that goes into those that are women, goes to those that are trans, it goes into those um, that people with disabilities, that goes into those uh, that are older, younger, et cetera. Like, why can't, and even that's as it ties into colorism to an extent as well, where we have the lighter black people, you know, those, you know, that are mixed you know, versus those that are not. Uh, do, why, you know, do we even need to be going down that path because it just creates more friction? Uh, so this is like a multi-layered um, issue around blackness versus African-American versus Caribbean. And then are you black enough to be called black or represent the black community? Sorry, I had that mute button on. I came right in and forgot. Um, well, it's. I feel like. I, I feel like, like you said, there's 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 so broad of a spectrum, you know. And I and I and I think back to, I think about Lupita Nyong'o when she first came over here to perform as an actor, and she she had made a she made a quote. She had said, "I didn't realize I was black until I came to America." Um, to where that label mm -hmm. was autom automatically placed on her. Um, even my thing is, don't get me wrong, we can all be proud of our cultures. I, I very much am, every aspect of it. Uh, but at the same time, 
there's all there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of I a part of me takes issue with any with any bit of the connotations because it's like like say for example when we say when we say people of color that involves a whole lot of things usually when you say that in just broad discussion but when you say non people of color we know we're only talking about one other type of person we know we're only talking about one other kinds of race so it almost it's almost as if it's speaking to to a power structure you know what I mean. It's it's all of us, sure, and then sure. there's them up here, and, and I've always had and I've always had issue I've always had issue with that, and I agree with you. You know, I wish there was a way we could say it or what have you. I mean, a way we could speak on it, speak on who we are, be proud of who we are, but without any kind of negative connotation, without any kind of, you know, alluding to a power structure or 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 what have you. And then you think about the colorism and about you know you think about people of African descent that are that are mixed with other races as well. And there's a there's a growing sentiment of people, of people that will of, of black people that will say, you know, yeah, you know, her her dad's her dad's she you know she, her mom's black, but her dad is German. So we can't really say. My thing is if we both get the look when we walk inside of a department store, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, you think about actors, you think about performers back in the days as early as, as Phyllis Diller. Um, and you know, she, she, nobody knew that she had African, that, that she was of African descent and she never spoke on it because she wanted to pass, you know, look at the, you look at the, like the subject of passing or what have you, the fact that we'll do everything we can to look like them. Even if our skin is obvious, we'll do things like, you know, change change our appearance or what have you, change the way we speak or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with addiction or anything like that based on, you know, but at the same time, if you know why you're doing it, that's when it's a problem. If you know why you're doing it, because I've, I've been teased for, for the way that I talk without any kind of slang at times or what have you. And it's like, it's not me passing. It's just the way that I talk at times. And that's a tangent I won't stray into. But when we think about, you know, colorism or what have you, again, it goes back to that whole, just happy to be at the table mentality. And a lot of us are so willing. I feel like there's so, there's too much emphasis on trying to define ourselves in order to fit in. And that's not stepping away from the whole, I'm proud of my, I'm proud of my culture. This is who I am. This is what I am. But there are so many different varying lines. Like you look at, um, you look at the singer uh, Amara La Negra and you look at everything she goes through with being uh, an Afro-Latina and the fact that the country that she hailed from, there are people in her country that, that don't like her because of her skin tone or what have you. She will tell you she is of African descent, but she is also Latin or what have you. So does she have to take the argument there becomes, and I'm sorry for the tangent, but the argument becomes, does she have to take a side? You know what I mean? Because genetically, she, she, she can make a choice verbally or what have you, but genetically, she can't take a side. You know, she's, she's part this, she's part that, and that's what it is. And it's the same with Kamala Harris. It doesn't matter if she has, we could argue that she only has like, even if she only had 5% of African-American in her, we could shun her based on that if we wanted to as a people. But everybody non, every non-person of color will look at her very much like that 5%, like it's the 95%. You know, there's an old, there's an old slavery adage that says, there's a, when it comes to mixed babies, there was this old racist adage that says that if I give you, 
and pardon my French, but if I give you a bowl of ice cream um, and mix it with an ounce of shit, then you basically have a bowl of shit because they won't let you can't you can't eat that bowl of ice cream knowing full well that there's just a speck of a speck of that in there. You know what I mean? And um, I think I'll end the tangent there because I'm starting to go off in circles or what have you. But you, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty much how I feel about that. That's, that's a good one. But, I mean, it makes sense. It's terrible. But it makes sense. Actually, um, <clears throat> we, are, we are talking through the con- – well, first, racialized language is, is first and foremost the problem, right? Like, yeah. we just ended the, the concept of calling a football team the Redskins because the word Redskin – is derogatory and it's a slur as we have defined it today but we are okay calling people black i cannot call my asian co-workers yellow i can't do that like i could not say that but we're okay with saying white and brown you know what i mean and and what i wrote down here is that concept of a power structure right when we're talking about people of color or we're talking about non-people of color, or when we're talking about a black employee network and our allies, we're talking about people who are not black. But really what we need to be, to me, focused on is something else, but this is America. And from a power perspective, all that power still revolves and and is consolidated in the structured racism that, that, you know, permeates our society in general. Uh, One of the things we were saying especially around this this topic of both immigration power right because because if you think about power and and you bring in the word elite and then you know we we talk about things like what the middle class is and who has the most wealth etc etc right but if you talk about the people who are descendants of American slavery. And that's why it's important because Michael, you make a good point, right? There, there is a group of people who are descend, Car- Caribbean descendants of slavery, right? Those two groups coalesce, overlap, but then sometimes separate. And the only reason this conversation I think comes up is because of these concepts of affirmative action, for example. And then people start getting, uh, people start digging into the details. Right. So, for example, I, you know, I went to Princeton. Uh, everybody at Princeton is well aware of the fact that most of the people who are of African descent are probably from the African continent and or Caribbean. Right. There weren't very many people whose parents, parents, parents were born in the United States at Princeton University. And that is true across the board, both in education and ultimately it works its way into politics and corporate America as well, right? Like if, if I run a list of, uh, of our newest employees and just take a look at who represent, just right, being racist and, and using name, right? Uh, which is bad, but it is true. You could look and say a majority of these people are not people whose parents, 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 right, ultimately came before, uh, were here, Jim Crow, and, um, and um, uh, what would I call it, that uh, uh, reconstruction, right? 
those folks' kids are still having a really hard time, right? They're, they are the ones we're talking about who are suffering from chronic diseases. They are the ones who we're talking about as suffering from uh, hyper-policing hyper and, um, and mass incarceration. And gentrification. And, so, so, and, and gentrification, right? Because their families had been here the longest. Whereas if you were coming post-1965, you may have moved into a black neighborhood for a little bit, but then you bounced. Or you came into your own neighborhood, which is why we have, for example, high concentrations of Nigerians in Houston. Or we have high concentrations of Somalians in Minnesota. Nobody's saying that, um, nobody's saying that they didn't integrate or that they aren't black. What we're saying is they bring a culture with them that is unique and distinct and separate from what an American's, an American culture would be if you're talking about these black people who are American with some number of generations. But it's hard to do that because when we talk about being American, right, when you use that word, everybody wants to be American. But only mm -hmm. some people can say, actually, my family is from Haiti, or actually, my family is from Trinidad, or actually, my family is from Eritrea, right? And there's pride in that discussion. What I don't think, and this is where I think, where I think one of the challenges comes up is, there is no, I'm gonna say this, <laughs> it might be controversial, fine. But I don't think you can have pride in slavery, right? I'm proud that they made it. I'm proud that I'm here. I'm in awe at their strength and survival. But can I be truly proud of the legacy of enslavement, right? Because I can't look at a family tree that goes more than four, I think we can only go four or five generations and then that's it, right? And there was no culture because they were stripped of any and all language, right. given a religion and then forced to work. And now we have rappers, you know what I mean? So like if, if I say, <laughs> what would be my culture? Um, uh, you know, our culture is, is music. They, you know, they tell us that, uh, that the music is our culture that was a blend of blank, 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 and this, that, and the other, right? But jazz, blues, et cetera. Uh, food in some form or fashion, right? We get soul food, swagger, right? Whatever that is. Um, and then probably hypersexuality, right? If I think about what the actual representation of, of the culture of people for whom their parents' legacy is, in, is, is enslavement, uh, that becomes very emotional for people. Uh, yeah, true, and sports, right, right. And, and we can be ballers, right? Uh, and and, and if, you, if you act right, you can be an entertainer, but that's only here recently. Uh, uh, so that becomes emotional for people. And, and then when it, be, you know, and, and so I'm bringing up topics that come up on our, but that's why I wanted to get this out. You know, the, the topic then becomes, okay, well, if somebody, if, if we're having this conversation among black people and someone doesn't agree, then, then the statement is that you're being divisive, right? But it's not necessarily, it's divisive. Uh, but, but at the same time, my family is rooted in, in the enslavement of people. So I'm not, I'm not emotionally attached to it personally, but I know people who are emotionally attached. Right. And, oh, and this is what I was gonna say. One of the things that we've talked about 
specifically, right, with immigration and with, <laughs> with mixing, um, and, and I'll say too, my, my, uh, my kids are mixed, my wife is white. Uh, in a generation or two or three, right, you'll have a majority of people who have, who are not fully American descendants of slaves, of enslaved people, similar to how we saw these Native Americans. Uh, you, you use, most people have never seen a Native American that's 50% Native American. It's, it's unheard of almost. Um, and I think I've heard somebody say that they were a quarter. I think I met a woman who said she was a quarter and she's the only quarter she knows. So if, if she has children with anybody, her children cannot be a quarter. Now that's, we're talking about bloodlines and, and you know, shit goes deep, but, but many times what we're talking about is culture and the importance of our culture and passing it. Uh, indigenous, not Native American. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, shout out to language and the words that we use. Uh, uh, but you know, it's, it, and, and part of it, right at the end of the day, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll stop, I'll stop by saying this, all of these discussions root themselves in colonization. And it's the colonization that has not been paid for. Right. So, so there's a debt outstanding and we keep trying to find different ways to have somebody pay for that debt. And the people who are waiting for that debt feel like there's a lot of obscurity happening by the power that was that, that generates that power from the original colonization. Can you repeat that for me? Uh, let's see, can I say that again? Um, I, I would say that the, 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 the reason that we have discussions like these, right, around race, culture, who was here first, is because of the colonization, right? And there's a debt that's owed. But that debt is being obfuscated by the power. So that obfuscation, for example, would be, because here's, here's what you got to remember, right? I'll, I'll bring it back to politics. When we were talking about Joe Biden and South Carolina, what they were saying was the black people in South Carolina specifically, black people in South Carolina specifically, would be the reason that Joe Biden would win the nomination for the presidency of the United States. That's a story that was told to us. I don't know if that's actually true because in the United States, we aren't that many people. But we chose South Carolina because, right, when people are talking about South Carolina, they're talking about the culture of American descendants of enslaved people. We're talking about uh, the museum of the, 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 the museum that they just built, uh, talking about where the the first Africans were brought into this land, right? We're talking about those people. Then the conversation did what it did, right? We were talking about how diverse it was. We had Corey, we had uh, Kamala, we had um, a couple other people. We had, I think the black dude ran from Florida right quick, right? It was talking mm -hmm. about how diverse the Democratic Party was. 
But then we end up with Joe Biden. Okay, fine, cool. <laughs> we, end up, we end up choosing between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Right? It wasn't even like we were choosing between Joe Biden and some minority. Right? We were choosing between two old white dudes. And then they said, okay, we, y'all got to choose a woman, right? Okay, because we had, we're supposed to be diverse and, and gender parity is always a function of people in power, right? Before we start talking about true diversity, we always start talking about gender diversity because gender diversity is usually a function of that same power group. But then they said, okay, it's got to be a black woman. But inside of that discussion around black woman was the discussion of South Carolina. And so now the question is, does Kamala Harris represent the culture and the upbringing, the blood and the, 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 the history of the people who we were talking about in South Carolina? And the answer to that question is no. Even if we say that she is a black woman, the problem is that the people for whom they are very emotionally connected to their experience as the descendants of enslaved people are, are emotionally slighted by being told that this woman represents their struggle, when in fact her parents were two doctors from outside the country. We weren't talking about that, though, when we were talking about South Carolina. And I think that's where uh, people, that's where the detail, the devil is in the details, right? And that's where people, people be, um, it's hard to, to articulate why people are emotional without all, without doing a lot of listening, right? But because I've talked for what now, <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, so what I would say on that is um, I, I definitely do agree that she does not, represent the entire struggle of African Americans that were descendants of slavery. 100% no. However, she does represent some of their struggle about being a black person in the United States of America um, and being a black woman at that, right? So, so she does feel that because that this goes back to what Joe was saying, that it doesn't matter if you have 1%, 5%, 50%, 100%, like in the eyes of our white brothers and sisters, you are black, right? Regardless of how much percentage that you have. Um, so because of that, she is able to relate to the experiences to an extent, but then again, no one ever represents everything, right? I mean, if you think about it, we all have our different experiences, different backgrounds. We could be African-American descendants of slavery, but if I'm in the North, I'm very different than if I'm in the South, right? So, so even with that, there's the struggle is going to be different but it is relatable and far more relatable than if you're not a person that is black, indigenous, or a person of color, right? So with, with that and just kind of laying out the land, um, what, what I would say, and this is my opinion, is that number one, you know, if you don't know about Jamaicans, Jamaicans are always fighting for humanity, fighting for the rights of, of countries across the world. I mean, this, this goes back to Mandela and apartheid and the, and the involvement of Jamaicans during that movement. And here it is now, you know, we have another Jamaican, um, a black person um, representing what the, the, true, uh, the, the true positive outcome can be for individuals that are, that are pushing for it. Can we have someone who is more represent, representative of the overall black community? Possibly, of course, you know, we can, especially if we're talking about 
um, African-American descendants and what it's like to be in the United States since X time period. Now, are we going to go back to the 1900s? Are we going back to the 1800s? Like how far back or earlier are we going to go into to find some who fully represent? But to me, none of that matters, right? Like here it is. We do have a, we do have someone that is, that is black. Um, she is a VP, not president, you know, hopefully president. We, 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 we continue to have someone who's black that's president and vice president, but you know, that's a whole other conversation. However, you know, this is a step in the right direction. So instead of individuals looking to divide and say, oh, well, she doesn't represent me or what, what the case may be, look at the viewpoints, right? Like who, who is the best candidate that we have right now, even though um, I do believe Joe Biden is better than Trump. Do I believe that there is someone better than Joe Biden and Trump? Of course. Um, so we look at the <laughs> options that we have. We understand the policies. We, 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 we vote on the individuals that have showed us their cards for the past four years and those, or the, let's call it for the past 10 years, right? Let's go back to, oh, wait, when Biden was VP with Obama. So look at the, let's look at the past decade and let's look at the ones that have made it better for the black community, better for those that are low income, better for those that are most served um, versus those that made it better for the rich and the wealthy uh, and predominantly white. Right? Like, let's just look at the cards and go from there. Yeah, yeah, and I would say, you know, we all going to vote anyway, but... Right. Uh, but I, I hope so. I hope so. Was you going to say something, Joe? Oh, sorry. I didn't know what had happened. Um, I, <laughs> I think that I intend to vote, provided nobody steals my mailbox anytime soon. Um, <laughs> that being said... Um, there's so many different, and one thing I love about speaking with you brothers is that none of us are coming from a monolithic standpoint. You know what I mean? Um, and I'll always listen, no matter how I feel about any opinion, I'll always listen to a good counterpoint, whether or not I agree. And I'm more than willing to change my thoughts if I hear the opposite. But I, um, I identify with a lot with what a lot of y'all are, a lot with what y'all are saying. Um, I feel like as far as as far as Kamala is concerned the the issue of whether or not they're going to stop coming for they'll they they'll never stop coming for who she is um and they'll always come for they'll never stop coming for they, they won't come i would be one thing if they came for her for for her for her platform or what she believes in her policies or whatever argue that but she is she is on a long line long list of black women black women politicians who will always get attacked for what they are as opposed uh, as opposed to who they are. And as far as, you know, you look at the topic y'all raised on slavery earlier, you look at the issue of there's always going to be the debate over all the things. You think about all the different things that have, pat that, that have, that have come out of slavery, you know, things like um, concepts like, you know, soul food or the word black or what have And there's always a, a fine line that it that that's walked between celebrating it or between you know wearing you know what i'm saying like we're grateful it was given to us or just wearing it like you know as a term of endearment you know like i'm sure some of y'all have heard i mean both of y'all have heard um tupac shakur god rest his soul he had made an um an acronym um of the word of the word nigger and I thought it was cool. I thought it was clever, but it still didn't change 
the root of it, the connotation. You know what I mean? And nine times out of ten, if I hear somebody call me that, I know for a fact they're not referring they're not referring to the acronym. I know what they mean, especially if they're not a person of color. I mean, it's a, it's either a term of endearment or it's an insult if it comes from someone not us. So there's all these different. There's a lot of different. Um, there's a lot of different varying angles to things, and because we, I mean, we all want the same. Because we all want the same thing and don't want the same thing. Um, one way or the other, something's something's got to happen and something's got to change. Like you said, Donald, do we want Trump? No, we do not. But and, and no, it's. I know it's not exactly cool to do it, throw out the whole lesser of two evils. I feel like that's where we are right now. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And uh, it's all about connotation. It goes back to language. I mean, there's this idea of blackness, right? So we could, we can, as a society, you know, push for unity instead of division, you know, support our, our fellow uh, black women, you know, especially during this time of need um, and support our fellow black men and hold each other accountable in order for us to really be the change that we want to see and do our part, especially with the elections coming up. Um, especially where with individuals that we see and in our day-to-day jobs and our community are just really doing our part in order to, to be the change we want to see. And on that note, we're going to close out of Culture Crawl ATX podcast. We thank you so much for listening. And we ask that you take this time to follow Culture Crawl ATX on Instagram and click that like button and follow on your favorite podcast listening platform.